Welcome to Waterbound, episode 21. Hey guys, this is Link. And Ted. And... And Juliet. Yeah. All right. We got a, uh, we've got a special guest here. We actually came to our special guest uh, in the Na- Na- uh, Nantahala Gorge. Um, so uh, and we'll introduce uh, Juliet uh, a little bit more about her uh, when we and cover our topic. That's yeah. right. Uh, so yeah, if you're a first time listener, you know, we've got about three loyal listeners and, uh, beyond that, maybe you're a first time listener. Uh, this is just our podcast about, uh, whitewater paddling, beer, and a sprinkling of other sort of outdoor activities in the Southeast. And I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm kind of just a regular Joe paddler and Link is a, uh, a seasoned raft guide and we paddle lots of different crafts and uh, we're, we're really excited to have uh, Juliet with us here yeah. tonight too. Uh, but why don't we start off with some trip reports, Link? Yeah. Um, so I did um, uh, the second uh, edition of the R1-S1 clinic at the Nola Chucky this past weekend, and uh, we had uh, we had uh, five folks turn out. Um, so a little bit smaller group, but really awesome. I mean, everybody was really enthusiastic. And um, were they shredding or were they rafting? They were they were all in <laughs> paddle cats. Um, so which was which was neat. Um, and um, yeah, we had uh, four guys and a uh, and. A, uh, a woman, a girlfriend of one of the guys that came with him, and uh, we had we had a great time. We had good water, and and um, uh, it was just uh, yeah, really fun time. Everybody got something out of it. Um, you know, everybody had paddling experience. Um, pretty much brought their own rafts, uh, which was great. So, um, and once again, USA Raft set us up, and uh, with you know. Uh, camping and lodging, um, and um, yeah, it was just uh, it was a really really good weekend. So good. Uh, we had good weather. We had um, we had I think it was fourteen hundred CFS on day one on on Saturday, and we did the lower Nola Chucky, and um, yeah, just had good water for that stretch. You know, even though it's it was it was on the low end of things, um, it was a lot of fun, and then. Um, and beautiful weather, and then Sunday we had like very cool weather, which was like kind of threw threw me back. Um, we had probably highs in the the high sixties uh, on the river, but nice. the water had come down wow. to like a thousand cfs, so it was yeah, you know, it was really manageable. And and um, we had uh, I don't think we had any swimmers, um, you know. Uh, we did have a you know a couple people get stuck here or there, you know just couldn't make eddies and kind of had to run stuff, you know uh, blind like quarter mile the the very top of quarter mile so they could get eddied out. But uh, it was uh, you know it was a lot of fun and there's always something, you know I always learn something new. Um, they're like oh yeah, <laughs> you know this is this is uh, yeah here we go. So, but, uh, yeah, everybody had a, had a great time. Rio came along, um, Mr. Rio came along with me and, uh, in my raft and, uh, um, 
So yeah, just had a had a really cool time with right. these folks. And I'm glad Chris, you know, shout out to Chris out there for yeah. making it because he yeah. really he's the one who sort of came up with that idea to begin with. Yeah. You know, and, and he mentioned it to me one time and then you got got mentioned it to you. Yeah. And then totally, there it went. Totally so back in yeah, exactly. We had one guy, uh we had Everett Jolly, not he didn't make it. He uh <laughs> we're sitting there Saturday night and he blew his uh, radiator in like Alabama and I was like I'm so sorry man you know and so uh but uh other than that it was it was a really good turnout got to meet some new people um you know that heard about it last minute um and they jumped on on board and and uh you know just uh all around really good participation well, that's awesome, and I'm sure there's going to be more of those down the road because I think you know we got to do like one for Everett at some yeah, point. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so maybe next spring or summer. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, that's cool. All right. Well, uh, Juliet, yeah. trip report. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'll um, <clears throat> start by apologizing to the Oklahoma City Chamber of Commerce. But if Oklahoma <laughs> City isn't on your bucket list to go and visit. It's okay, um, <laughs> because you'll probably land there and end up in a tornado or like what we had was a land hurricane, they said. But um, I was just at the um, Paddle Sports um, Expo, and this was the second year that um, Paddle Sports pulled out of Outdoor Retailer because one of the problems was Outdoor Retailer is kind of dictated by... The big soft goods industry needing to have all their pre-seasons in in like July. Well, yeah. you know, in the outdoor industry, in July, you don't even know if if you like if you're gonna, gonna if you've had a, exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. And so last year, the um, paddle sports pulled out and did their own show, and they picked Oklahoma City to do it in, of all places. Now, um, be- is this was this the same one they had? Up in Minnesota? No, nope, that's Rutabaga, and that's a different one. So okay, this one okay. is more retailers. Yeah. So all the manufacturers are there, and um, it's cool, Like because believe it or not, Oklahoma City is the training ground for the U.S. Olympic um, whitewater teams. So Sprint, um, mm-hmm. all of them. They have the most amazing training facility and a $60 million Whitewater course. Wow. Twice um, as much as the Okoe whitewater. I know. <laughs> and they didn't even have to move any rocks like they did on the Okoe. Yeah. Imagine that. Huh. But um, And it's cool because when they turn the water on, number one, you get to go up a, um, what do you call it, a little? Conveyor belt. A conveyor belt. Yeah. And then they have, and they pour blue dye into the water <laughs> to make it look like, uh I guess not white water. I guess fountain. they make it look like blue water. Like a mall fountain. Yeah, but it's like some pretty hefty class three holes that they go banging through. So that was pretty fun. And nice. this year was, I would say, was especially fun because Eric Jackson was there and Corin Addison was there. Oh, Corin was there. Oh yeah, <laughs> and <bet> so <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in fact, wow. he uh, it's continuing tonight. I think he's giving a keynote presentation tonight and I'm probably everybody's going to be there just to see how many people he pisses off in one night so <laughs> yeah but you know the cool thing about going to that show is that you look around and people that were part of the industry 
30 years ago. Bob McDonough. Boom, there he is. You know, the, the guy that came out with the perception and the uh, Koei Rodeo, there's Bob McDonough and Kelly Wolseley and Mike Garcia and Eric Jackson. And, and it just shows how awesome our sport is because people, people who have been in it for like 30 plus years are still just as passionate about it. Yeah. And it's awesome. And, you know, they're, you know it's a struggle these days. Um, you know, you can only recreate a kayak so many times and a helmet color so many times, but people are still coming up with innovative stuff. Yeah. So like it, it long was, short pants. Exactly. <laughs> absolutely. Or, you know, a helmet that you can wear front or backwards like a baseball cap. Yeah, Imagine right. that. Yeah. So it was really cool. Nice. And um, and so and then it was nice to get back to the Nantahala Gorge because you know, not only did I survive a land hurricane, but I survived multiple avalanches in the Nantahala Gorge. So it's like, a, yeah, Mother Nature's a week of weathers. Yeah, Mother Nature's definitely showing us who's boss here. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about that a little bit more because uh, we just Link and I just drove up there and had a, had a first look at it, and of course everybody's seen photos of it. But what they thoughts? Don't, they I don't mean, do it justice. The yeah. photos. I mean. You know, and, and we're, we're seeing the road open. We didn't, you know, of course, yeah. didn't see the road covered and debris everywhere. And it's Wednesday, it's, it's, and this yeah. happens Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Is it Sunday or Saturday? Sunday night? Or? Saturday night. Saturday night, Saturday. yeah. Saturday night, yeah. So thoughts, what what do you hear about the river being open again? Or do y'all, do y'all know? I mean, I know we're sort of speculating, but... No, we, we actually just had a meeting. I'll tell you, you know, hats off to the North Carolina Department of Transportation. They got the road open and... Sunday, Monday, two and a half days. Yeah. Spent about $500,000 doing so. Wow. And then the Forest Service, this has been bumped up to a national level. Wow. Um, number one, mm. because, of course, the Forest Service has no money. Um, and, you know, they're, they're spending probably between now and when they finish, you know, easily $40,000 a day to try and get this taken care of. Mm. But they... Once the road was open Tuesday night, so today's Wednesday, they had a team on the ground. Mm-hmm. Everybody from the Nantahala Nana, um, National Forest all the way up. Engineers, they assessed the situation. They got crews in. They have three crews in working at three of the biggest landslides. And um, as Link said, it, it's hard to imagine by looking at the pictures the magnitude of what happened. You know, when you, when you put a road in in a steep gorge in the oldest mountain range, you know, in the United States, that's the geology is set up to like slough and, yeah. and landslide, it's going to happen. It, and it hasn't happened here like what just happened today and, or, you know, this week and in, in 30 years. It's never happened like this. Yeah. But, um, you know, and then on top of that, you've got, you know, Duke who needs to be releasing water because we've had a wet year, and so their reservoirs are plumb full. And it's hot, and they need the power And there's a hurricane headed this way. <laughs> so it's like the a teamwork that's going on is amazing. The sad thing is, you know, there's not going to be water um, on the Nantahala, which is probably one of the most popular places to spend your Labor Day weekend. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah, You know, and it's not just for rafting. It's like, that's where everybody, all the private boaters go is the Nantahala because 
you know, your buddy just got into kayaking this summer, your sister decided she'd pull out her kayak after 10 years of not kayaking, and everybody shows up at the Nantahala for Labor Day weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a, a two friends from Alabama that were bringing their families, and we were supposed to meet on Sunday, and now go. we're looking for Plan B. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, you know, that's Mother Nature, so. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. amazing what they've what they've done in a short time. So yeah, they're you know. up they're up there right now. I mean, and they're working around the clock. Yeah, they, yeah, they are, and and it's a teamwork. Yeah, we it's saw amazing. It. It's impressive. Yeah, one one of those spots has created a natural dam, and there's actually a lake on the Nantahala right now. <laughs> and we saw the spot, and the water was spilling over because they're running. There's a little bit of water running through there. Because uh, of one of the small lakes upstream is is so full, they have to release it. So the water was spilling over that dam, and it was like, wow, you know, this is like, this is crazy. So for maybe a hundred, two hundred yards, there's this, you know, new lake, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> on the Nantahala River. Uh, it's just wow, and uh, but it was impressive to see all the. We went up there and see all the agencies, you know. They're all sitting there, you know, and assessing, and and I know uh, the quarry over there. I know they're mm-hmm. they're involved, and because and I mean, if it if it had happened anywhere else, it would probably taken two three times as long. But they had the equipment right there. They have a quarry right there with all the material they need to build temporary roads and all that. It's pretty cool. So. And people recognize. The value of the Nantahala, not just for the local um, community and economy, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, there is no river, I don't think, anywhere that um, you can have first time families rafting. You can have kayakers who probably shouldn't be on the Nantahala, but their buddy says, Don't worry, I can get you down it. <laughs> it's your first time. Just, just swim to shore, it's cold. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you've got people who've been paddling here for 30 years that they love it. So it's yeah. the only river they paddle. And then you have, you know, like world-class freestyle boaters. And then you have Olympic slalom boaters. For example, Evie Leapfarth, who trained, she's a 15-year-old who um, is going to be representing the United States in the next Olympics. And she trained on the... Nan Hale and the slalom gates. And in a given day, you have all those people all on Wind River. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It is. It nice. is. Well, I, my trip report for this week, Link, is I changed some light fixtures at home. <laughs> <laughs> I did oh, some. I just, I just some. saw. So how <laughs> many art people did it take to fix the light fixtures? It took uh, two. It took mm-hmm. my wife to say, do that, and then I did it. And um, what was your response? Uh, yes, I, I, I did. No, it's yeah, yes, it's, dear. Yes, yes, dear. There you go. And we there did that go. and work around the house, and yeah, it was one of those weekends. It's been a long time since I, I haven't gone on a trip on the weekend, but yeah. there it is. I think. Did you guys hang the elk head? Yeah. Not yet. We're, we're building up to that. Yeah, that'll be another time. Okay. But, uh, well, so, Link, why don't you, they've heard from Julia, but why don't you give her a proper introduction now, and yeah, we'll, so, we'll um, get on to, she is our topic. <laughs> yeah, Juliet is our topic, wow. and uh, you know, women and kayaking uh, is our is our is our uh, topic. And um, Juliet, uh, I've worked for Juliet now for um, 
what, 10, 11 years, and he's a good buddy of mine, and uh, amazing paddler, always just upbeat, and just everybody knows Juliet on the river, and you know, if you're any any dam on the Okoe, I can see Juliet. I know I'm gonna see Juliet like stern squirting, and she loves stern squirts. Um, she's, you see her surfing uh, there at Slice and Dice on the Okoe all the time. Uh, but um, she uh, is co-owner of Endless River Adventures, um, and um, so yeah. Um, and we're, and we're coming at you live from. From E-R-A. Endless River Adventures, right. yeah. We, we slogged our way through the mud and the, the blood and the beer, or with beer. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we came up here to uh, you know, meet up with her and tell us you know, just a little bit more about herself and ERA and, and paddling and whitewater kayaking since we haven't really done a lot of talking about the whitewater kayaking. So, so tell us, um, what's, you know, what, what's your background, Juliet? Um, well, Hey, I, I love that you guys are here and thank you for, um, the women angle. I think it's awesome. So, um, you know, it totally makes sense. My trajectory that showed up here, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, the whitewater capital of the United States. (laughs) Um, I went to a women's college in Virginia, Sweetbriar college. And then I, um, I was living up in Washington, D.C., and I got in my head that I wanted to go whitewater rafting. And um, none of my friends were outdoors people, so I'm like, look, you just write me a check. And this was before Venmo, of course, my, maybe <laughs> by a year or two. And um, I'll get everything. I'll go to REI. If you guys just come with me. And we went to the Golly. And um, while we were on the Golly, of course, like any other, like probably the majority of kayakers out there, I looked out and there was a kayaker and I went, hmm, that looks very cool. And my raft guide, who of course I thought had just like hung the moon because he was such a stud because he was an Agali guide, um, I was like, how do I do that? And he was like, go and learn. (laughs) (laughs) Because that was before people like... Um, kind of volunteered their time to um, help out. They were like, you learn and then come and paddle. And so somehow I ended up, this might have been just a few years before you could Google stuff because I'm pretty sure it was the late 80s. (laughs) I was like three years old at the time. And um, so somehow I found out that there was this place in North Carolina you could go and um, so I loaded up my Toyota Corolla with my two 100-pound golden retrievers and drove <laughs> 10 hours to North Carolina only to come in the middle of the raft rally and floods uh, of like 1990 or something. And we had one day here, and then they sent us all home. And so I had to go back home and, um, and wait a while. And um, so I wobbled my way around the... Potomac River, and then I came back to North Carolina the next spring, and then I decided that I needed to change careers and um, maybe teach English so that I could finish a graduate program and move to North Carolina, because it was a lot cheaper than living on Capitol Hill in D.C., where I worked two jobs. Every morning, got up to check to make sure my car hadn't been stolen, and, um, and, and then ran my two golden retrievers because of course 
if you're 22 years old, you have two golden retrievers living on Capitol Hill, working two jobs and trying to go kayaking. <laughs> so I moved down here and... It's um, a it, full docket. Yeah. I, I, it didn't take me very long to realize that um, I probably wasn't naive enough to, um, to, to become an um, English professor at the high school level um, because I, I don't play politics well, and I probably would have pissed everybody off. And I met this guy named Ken who said, why don't you come to South America for the winter? And <laughs> before you know it, I was in the Miami airport writing letters to the graduate program saying I wouldn't be back that semester. <laughs> you needed to find a different student teacher, and I went down to Chile. And um, the first day I was on the BOBO River standing at the first rapid, I realized the rapid that I would have to run in order to get back to camp was bigger than anything I'd ever paddled, and I was probably screwed. (laughs) And the good news is what I had learned in North Carolina was how to roll, which was awesome because I probably surfed every hole in (laughs) South America that winter to the point that one day Ken Kastorf and Chris Billius were standing up on bank watching at a rapid called Lost Yak on the BO, and there I was surfing, and Chris Billius turned to Ken and said, Stud, does that girl like purposely go into every hole? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the next year, you know, uh, being naive and not realizing what the whole whitewater industry was about, when Ken ended up with some political issues with where he was working, I said, you should start a company and I'll help you. Um, And so we decided to start Endless River Adventures. And we set up upstream of the largest whitewater company in the United States, the Nantahala Outdoor Center. And I will say in hindsight, if I had known how hard it would be over 26 years, I probably would have chickened out, but I didn't know. So I very naively and optimistically went into it and thought we could change the world. And, um, and that's where Endless started 26 years ago. It was 26 years. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd say you guys have change the world even if it may not seem like it but you know because I mean both of you guys are you and Ken are are so respected and everybody you know everybody knows you um and everybody loves you um you know definitely much more you than Ken probably (laughs) I'm not (laughs) as grouchy as he is (laughs) he's a little grouchy but uh but yeah that's that's uh you know amazing and I remember when I first uh it was what 90 93 94 I came through here and and definitely probably one of the first times I think I shopped here at ERA so um you know because I was you were just in diapers at the time then right yeah I was in diapers diapers. (laughs) uh and uh you know I was like well I kind of like this place up here compared to that uh that other place down there that you know so, uh, you know, a mile downstream, but, um, um, you know, you guys have, have created, uh, you know, and, and just the, the, uh, the parties we've had here, you know, the get togethers here, uh, and I, I say get togethers, not parties cause they are, you know, it's, it's like a family, um, you know, the, the culture around ERA is really tight knit. And that's that's unique because you know just all these people coming in and and y'all know you, you guys remember all of them and and it's really really cool 
you know, and I get to say I was a part of it. I was, you know. You I've are a still a part of it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good grief. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be on the CHEO if it weren't for you, Link. So. I think what's impressive, too, is clearly, like, how much you wanted to do it if you were in D.C. and coming <laughs> down here. You know, I mean, I think for a lot of people that, that would have just, you know, would have been too much, like, you know, to, to be able to, to pull that off. And, and uh, you know, I think... I just like I had always paddled slow moving water and then moved into this area and thankfully and then kind of got into it. But I mean that you really like came after it, which is impressive. So got to want it. Got to want it. That's (laughs) That's true. Yeah. You know, one of the things I feel fortunate about is I chose to live here. Like I made a deliberate decision. I didn't factor in the lack of live music or that the fact that the only live music was bluegrass, which is awesome. But um, like once I got here, I'm like, dang, there's not much live music and there's not a bookstore here. How about that? But, um, you know, every there is rarely a day where I don't at some point in the day, whether I'm driving or I'm on the river, look around and go, I'm the luckiest person in the world. It's just it's a beautiful place. And the thing that, for me, is the coolest thing about here, it's the community. Um, I, I, I know there, there's whitewater communities everywhere, but the whole community here, not just the whitewater, but the fact that a lot of people come here and they struggle to try and make a living so that they can live here, and everybody or a lot of people get together, and from day one, what I recognized, if it was if Endless was going to survive, we had to be part of the community. And what was really cool is, you know, nobody believed we were going to succeed. Like people would come up here and be like, "Exactly, what are you doing here?" <laughs> and then when we said we were going to open a store, they laughed at us. And um, and they were probably right because we had no idea about proprietary stuff and and all that. But um, to me, what's really neat is the reason why 26 years later, Endless still exists is because of the paddling community itself. Like, yeah. we never got the time of day from the paddling magazines or, right. you know, the, the all that stuff. Don't, you guys don't have the uh, the, the uh, marketing department. No. Yeah, every and, and that's the thing that's unique about here is everybody wears all the hats. At Endless. Everybody wears all the hats. So. Including our guests. Yeah. There, I can't tell you the times that I've been like, I've looked at somebody who just showed up and said, can you do me a favor? Could you stay here for just a minute? I have to go down and pick somebody up, and they're like, what do I do? I'm like, don't let people steal anything. I'll be right back. And I'll show up like half an hour later, and they're like, this is kind of cool. I like figured out how to use your cash register, and I rung out somebody while you were gone. And um, that's really neat. And, and you know, the, the people who, you know, they're, when you talk about ambassadors in our sport, I don't think any company has ambassadors like we do who are like, you know, man, these people are the greatest. And, and, and I have to give a shout-out for all the people who have ever worked here because anybody, especially in the early years who came here, it was a gamble. Um, and it's like, I come to work every day so proud of the people I work with and excited to come to work. Like, I don't think there's ever been a day where I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to show up there today and Link's working. I don't want to <laughs> see Link. Um, it's like, it's really cool. Yeah. And when you get to the woman thing, which I know is part of our topic also, um, 
oh, you guys are, you know, no, it, nobody else can touch you. you guys. No, I and mean, you know, like, one of the reasons why, I'll, I'll be honest, is because of the, the guys um, in this community. Like, from day one at, in the Nantahala community, women were just as groundbreaking as men. You talk about like Kathy Kennedy or uh-huh. Kathy Bolin or Arlene Burns or, I mean, the, the list is so long of rock star phenomenal women. Exactly. And um, the thing that was so neat for women coming here is that it was never, a, 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 well, you're, you're a female, I'm a guy. It, that was never it. It was like everybody was part of this community. And it was a high bar. Like, you know, everybody jokes, you know, from the olden days, like they'll be like, oh, yeah, like I took a I was the second instructor on a clinic with Ken and he made me cry. And I was like, and so what did you learn from that? And they were like that I had to suck it up and be better. <laughs> and and we brought that to Endless as well. And the they call it the thick skin club. It's like, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. Um there's a bar and and you reach that and um and it's cool because there's such respect like at endless I, I like from day one here like if I screwed up it didn't matter that I was quote the owner I would get called out on it and given a bunch of crap <laughs> and um but on the other hand it was because there was this expectation that I would do as well as the next person, not because I was female or they were male, but because, um, you know, in our industry, there is, you have to be so good because if you're not, you can hurt somebody or worse. And so it's like, you're the good or you're not. And it's not about being male or female. And um, it's just, it's amazing. And you can, especially with the old school guys here, you can look at them and say, who are some of the best people that you worked with? And I tell you what, they'll name as many females as they do males. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I've And I've just grown up around that in, in the whitewater industry. Um, you know, whether it was, you know, at the Chattooga or here or even the Ocoee or, or you know, up in West Virginia, just... It was always just really strong, awesome, you know, women around. So that 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 kick as much ass as the boys. So, and 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 go just as hard and as big. So, like if you think about it, Link, one of the first female guides on Section Four of the Chattooga was Franny Strickland, who maybe soaking wet weighed a hundred pounds, and she was a pretty little little Southern belle, and. And this was what, like probably the late 70s or whatever, whatever when they started. <laughs> and she would walk up and, and look at this group of guys and be like, I, I'm going to be your guide. And it was section four. And by the time they were done, <laughs> I guarantee you they were saying, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yep, <exactly. laughs> or yes, sir. Whatever they wanted to say because they were so scared and realized, you know, and, and that's, that's how it's always been here. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. Most definitely. Well, hey, so just on... To, to clarify, I'm, I'm the one who always asks, like, the, the stupid questions. But um, but for, for our listeners who don't know what all y'all do, because I know it's not just rafting and it's not, you know, just, you know, I mean, I know there are lessons and trips, but why don't we run through a quick list of the types of things that you offer at Endless Rivers? Well, you know, I mean, there's no getting around the fact that this is like the epicenter of Whitewater, so... 
You've got three of the best rivers in um, east of the Mississippi, the Nantahala River, the Ocoee River, and the Chioa River. The Nantahala is also a world-class fly fishing river because it has um, brook, brown, and rainbow trout, native and stocked. And then you've got um, lake touring, you know, because, of course, if you're going to build dams, you have to have lakes, and we have lots of dams here. And, um, and then we also do international trips to Costa Rica and Ecuador because um, I don't know about anybody else, but it's really bad to um, go kayaking in the winter where you have to break ice. So if you can go down south <laughs> where it's nice and warm and, yeah. you know, see somewhere else. Like how cool to be able to, whether it's a kayak or a raft, be able to go and see a different culture and see rivers that most people have never seen. Yeah. And then right around the corner, like we have, we don't have a, 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 a rafting permit on the Chatuga, but we have a, a hard boat permit. And it allows us to bring people to, you know, one of the most amazing wild and scenic rivers in the United States. So, it, I mean, it's hard to beat this area. It's so, so y'all run, y'all do run rafting trips on what rivers? On the Nantahala River, the Ocoee River, and the Chioa. Yes. And the Chioa, I'll tell you, is pretty amazing because, you know, it was a dry riverbed for 70 years, and it was a huge battle to even get water on it. And at this point, we are almost the only company rafting on Chioa. Part of it's because it's hard. And the release dates are um, few and far between. Mostly and, in the spring. Yeah, yeah, when it's cold and most people don't want to go rafting. And, um, and I give Link a lot of credit because we have this world-class group of guides on Chioa. And most of them are here because Link and Billy Paul came and, and, um, and rafted with us. And people that raft like on Section 4 of the Chituga, the guide, and like Gaulian things looked and went, huh, well, if Link and Billy Paul are guiding there must be something about that. And so, you know, we've, we've been fortunate enough to get this like amazing group of guides that allow us to run these awesome trips on a river that's hard to run trips on, but we should be turning people away from because it's, it's incredible. Um, and you know, it's in the poorest County in North Carolina and so they want to see that kind of tourism because it's positive tourism. Sure. But, um, yeah, so those are the three rivers. And what's great is it allows us to take somebody, like on the Nantahala, a lot of times you have people who have never been rafting before. And then what do you do when you finish up? You're like, all right, so the next river you're going to go on is the Ocoee River. (laughs) And then they go on the Ocoee River, and by the time it's done, you've changed these people's lives. Like, instead of going home and sitting in front of video games and the TV watching the news... They're like trying to figure out where their next outdoor activity is going to be because they become empowered. Like they went rafting and it was cool. And then they went rafting on a hard river and then they want to learn how to kayak or go rafting on the Chituga or the mm-hmm. Chioa or the Gali or just go and hike. But the most important thing is they want to go and spend time with their family because as a family, they had fun together. And that doesn't happen a lot anymore. But they were inspired, and afterwards they're like all high-fiving each other when at the beginning of the day they weren't even speaking to mom and dad because dad took a wrong turn and mom yelled at dad because he didn't read the directions and the kids are in the back. 
watching their video games. And at the end of the day, after rafting, they've all like had a good time together. Yeah. How yeah. awesome. Absolutely. Most definitely. And one of the things that that I had first heard about ERA in particular uh, when I got started was just like a, a reputation for teaching and giving instruction. So that's another thing that y'all do a lot of, right? We do. And, you know, it's kind of cool because we basically have the, uh, the, the Bill Gates of, of the industry. I mean, Ken came up with the C2C role, and, um, and he's a taskmaster. So he set this bar, and he's like, this is how good you're going to be as an instructor. And then we brought people in like Craig Parks, who's been teaching here for over 20 years. That's the longevity of the people that work here. And so now what's really awesome is we're teaching people, people who came with us 26 years ago, they trust us so much that like we taught them how to kayak, we took them to Costa Rica, we took them to Ecuador. Now we're like teaching their grandkids how to paddle. (laughs) And they can't wait. They like have a calendar and mark off the days and the years until their kid is old enough to be able to come here and learn how to kayak so they can go and paddle with them. Yeah. And that is amazing. That kids and, camp is pretty pretty awesome. And yeah. here's a really cool statistic is that um, I learned this in Oklahoma City when we weren't worried about <laughs> being blown to Kansas by a tornado. Becoming a sooner or whatever that exactly, is. Exactly. <laughs> is one of the, the um, still growing um, parts of kayaking as far as participation is kids between the age of 6 and 12. And what we've seen here at Endless is the majority of those kids are girls. Mm -hmm. Girls between the age of 6 and 12 are getting into kayaking, I would say, at a rate of 3 to 1 over the boys. Because, number one, girls don't care about Fortnite. (laughs) And they are bored with their brothers and the boys in their school and their dads don't get why their sons would rather sit in front of a Fortnite game than go fishing or kayaking. And so the dad, like out of desperation, looks at the daughter and the daughter's like, dad, I'll go with you. And so like the father-daughter teams we have now, and like in our kids camp, in our beginner group, our ratio was nine girls and one boy. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It's really cool. And what's really good, too, and it it goes to the health of our sport, is kids are now getting into boating. Like, you take girls. So, of course, you know, at school, if your best friend didn't wear blue jeans that day, you weren't going to wear blue jeans. And so, of course, a girl wasn't going to get into kayaking unless her best friend was getting into kayaking. But all of a sudden, your best friend is getting into kayak, so, so you're starting to do it. Yeah. And, of course, then the boys follow immediately after that because <laughs> they're like, dang, these cute right, girls are paddling. segment. Uh, yeah. Get, get the, get the, yeah. And so now <laughs> you, you can there. look out at the river and you will see groups of kids paddling by themselves without their parents anymore. Yeah. That's how much fun they're having kayaking. Yeah. It's really, really awesome. It speaks so much for the future of our sport. It does. It does. And I mean, Ted's got a son and a daughter. They're pretty close in age. Twins. Yeah. <laughs> then like I'd say twins. they're pretty close. Yeah. Actually, but yeah. five minutes. Like five they, minutes. They both like to paddle. And how old are they? Fourteen. Awesome. Yeah. So Which, they're... of course, you know, is kind of a challenging age. Yeah. Yeah. But they're they're. Yeah, yeah, they're good. They're I will good. say, you know, it's funny over the years, you get a lot of 
more father and daughter than mother and kids, um, you know, for a lot of reasons. But, you know, the, the, um, the kids will be 10, the daughter's 10, and father and daughter, they go paddling every weekend together. They camp or stay in their little camper. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to look at dad and say, I'm just going to warn you. That little princess of yours, that's your little rock star kayaker, <laughs> she's going to turn into a teenager. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's going to last for, you know, two to two years. And you're going to hate it. And I can't tell you how many times I've had a dad who's called me like, like <laughs> almost from a phone booth and like, Juliet, how long does this last? Because their daughters turn into a teenager. But... I mean, what a great thing for parents to be out with their kids and for yeah. kids, like starting out, for, a, for kids to, to be out with their parents and see their parents struggling to learn something as much as they do. Yeah. And, and, and like learning, sometimes the kids learn faster, uh, you know. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and it's really neat. So, so 14, so, you know, welcome uh, uh, to having teenagers. I know. Weezy, Weezy just got to run Nantahala Falls. Just no way. She, well, she ran it for the first time in, in a ducky. Yeah. yeah um, very good. Yeah. You know, but she, yeah, she was she was excited this year. She did a couple times. She had a swim uh, about the second or third time. And the best part was that didn't upset her. So I was concerned that was going to be like, this moment of like, are we doing this anymore or are we not? And she's like, that wasn't a big deal. Like I just swam out of the way, you know. And, and so That's awesome. She she's ready to go again. So That's that was, very that was awesome. good. And Absolutely. and Huck his son paddles. Yeah, as yeah. Well. They paddle together, and, and we've roped him into even a canoe this year. So he's <laughs> he's done some kayaking and, and canoeing, and we all like to uh, take the small raft out, and so it's it's been fun. So, yeah. But how great you are, number one, you're spending time with your kids. Yeah. And you're getting them outside. Get them away from the, uh, well, you're right. Exactly. You're right on. The Google about, tubes is one of my You're buddies. right on. Yeah. Like my son is glued to his whatever Fortnite. screen. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, my daughter too, but she's not playing video games. You know, yeah. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> it's growing through. You might not doing homework. I don't want to know. Doing homework. Yeah, yeah, she's doing yeah. homework. She's doing homework. homework. She's yeah. Doing yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Googling history. <laughs> As they missed all their summer reading and that's everything, right. I that's think. Right. No, but more power to you. And, you know, that's the thing is that, um, you know, I read this book called Last Child in the Woods. And it was the first time after reading that book that I realized that, like, I never like to feel like I am isolated from the, quote, real world. Mm-hmm. But when I read that book and looked around at the people that I, like, worked with and, and taught and everything, I was like, wow, times have changed, except for us, because kids aren't going outside. Parents don't want their kids outside because they might fall out of the tree and hurt themselves. Yeah. And so they want them to just sit in front of a video game because then they won't get hurt. They don't get in trouble. You don't have to go and find them when it's dinner They're time. Occupied. Yeah. They're occupied. And, and I, I, I am get to surrounded. do all this other stuff that yeah. I'm doing. Exactly. But you know, here yeah. you're surrounded by parents who get a raft and take their kids out. Well, or and get I think there's also something to, I mean, and this sport has this element of risk that, you know, kids need to experience some point you know where there are some consequences and there are some times when you're like oh no i'm scared and things happen and and, you know you kind of learn to react so i think it that those sort of that type of play is good in a controlled you know i don't want to go throw them out 
right. on yeah, section four, no, no, well, <laughs> but in a controlled, yeah. you know, yeah. kind of appropriate level of that. Is, no, because your is, wife will get angry with you, <laughs> and you'll be in trouble and sleep I'm, on the couch that night. I'm trying to get him to come down section four because I'm like, <laughs> it's good water level. It's chill right now. It's you. The kids both paddle have paddled yeah. before. The kids She's, are game. They're ready. Eloise has paddled <laughs> with him before. She's done plenty even, of it. Even, yeah, even though, even though they they've had their their uh, <laughs> their issues on the river, and you know, but um, I'm like, it's a good level, and it's and it's fun, and it's beautiful, and you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't get you in over your heads, but it's a good level to see it right now, you know, and and but there is there is an ideal. Age, age, yeah. you know, unless they've grown up around it, like, like Kirk Edelman's kid. I mean, sure. who, who just ran the Green Arrows, right? His first time this yesterday or day before. Or and, Maria's and, boy that just ran the Potomac race and right. ran Gorilla the other day. Right, exactly. But, but that's the exception. Yeah. Those are exceptions, but but they're, even they're, my son was in a clinic with him, you know, for, uh, for a weekend clinic with yeah. with Edelman's son. But it's and so it's fun. But they get to interact and see these different. You know, there's there's opportunities to get out there. Yeah, but yeah well, that is what ex- you do is you teach the kids that it's okay to leave your phone behind. It's not about like what river you do next or who's paddling the hardest thing next. It's about being out and looking around and going, wow, it's really beautiful today. Yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah. And and helping kids. It's kind of like, you know, when somebody recently was like, you know, when I was growing up, when we went on vacation, we'd be driving in the car and we just looked out the window. And, um, but you kind of appreciate it. And it's like for kids, like at, okay, at our I kids camp. I still can't keep my head out of the yeah. window. I'm well, like, at kids <laughs> camp this year, we were on the Tuckasegee and we had these blue herons follow us all the way down the river. And our, the kids this day were mesmerized. Like they counted every time the blue herons went out. They were so aware of what, what was around them. Yeah. And it was amazing. I jokingly say, if every kid, you know, down in South America, like in Ecuador, um, kids get done with school, and they race down to the river, tearing their backpacks off and their little school uniforms, and they jump in the river in their underwear and float down rapids using, like, little tubes and stuff, laughing and splashing and having fun. And one day during kids' camp, we were all swimming this rapid. And it wasn't a hard rapid. It was easy. And I looked at my fellow instructor, and I'm like, Zuzana, if I can, for just a moment, turn all these kids into little Ecuadorian kids so that they (laughs) have fun Mm -hmm. and just realize you can throw everything away and jump in the water and get dirty. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) then I have done my job. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And adults like it just as much as the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Most we definitely. get to play too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with. Actually, that's the whole. That to be honest with you, I I'm not taking my kids so they can have fun. I'm taking them so I can go. <laughs> and uh, but I did learn early, like get them, get all the gear for them, and then get it for me last, and then I'm taking the kids. Just taking the kids yeah. out, get them their own stuff. Doing, and I'm that doing way this they feel, for the family. Yeah, that way they're like, yeah. that's a pro tip. Pro, pro outfit tip. your, you know, everybody else in your family. Outfit your kids <laughs> at Endless River Adventures. <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> they got everything here you need. They got it all. Yep. Um, 
so, you know, it, it's funny how we kind of segued into another, <laughs> a whole nother, you know, sort of population. But, um, um, you know, I don't know, you know, back to, um, you know, women and kayaking, um, and we, and we kind of touched on, you know, the, the kayaking culture and the, you know, do you, do you feel there's, you know, and, and we, we touched on this when we were talking about, you know, women overtime and kayaking and, and all, all of these just strong, awesome women, but, you know, the, the, the perception I think that I get a lot is, you know, when I look around and you see anybody that's, uh, you know, you see, the, you see anybody's kayaking in a commercial, mm-hmm. they're guys. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. The bros. <laughs> and then there's this whole, you know, bro culture, bro bra culture. Um, but you, you know, do you think there is a, uh, there is a gap there, uh, you know, gender gap in the sport? that that you know do or do you feel that that it's maybe like a regional thing or is it perception or is it yeah no to, to be honest some of it is true like for example i'll have i'll have a female that comes to take instruction with me and she's like what do i need to do to become a really good kayaker and i'm like stop thinking like a woman so you know there's all these there's all these analogies in kayaking uh, I mean, like, name it, there's an analogy. But I'll give you a great example. Like, uh, the, a girl goes out on a date, and after she finishes, she goes home, and she's like, well, I think we had a good time. Well, he said he was going to call me tomorrow. And then the next day comes, and she's like, huh, well, he hasn't called me yet, and it's almost lunch. Uh, like, maybe he didn't like my lipstick. Oh, and I, I did mention the fact that I wanted kids, but and, and, and so that goes on forever. So you take a female um, on a river. Got some local, oh, yeah. local yeah. hot you rod driving by. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, you put her scouting a rapid, and a guy looks at a rapid and goes, yes or no. And, yeah. and sometimes it's not even a no. He just goes, yeah, and, like, bangs his chest and goes back, gets in his boat, <laughs> and, like, totally beaters his way down the rapid. But a woman looks at it and goes, well, do I have the skill to do this or not? And if I mess up, I might miss that eddy. And if I miss that eddy, what if I flip on that eddy line? Because there's a rock right there. And if I hit that rock, then I might miss my roll. And, oh, my God, if I miss that roll, then I might fall into that hole. And what if I fell into that hole? And it, it, it's just, that's a female thing. There's Did, no getting around it. So something, yeah, another question. Um, do you think, I mean, like when you're, say when you're scouting a rapid with, with a woman or even with a guy, you know, do you do you change the way that you you know point it out, or do you let them find stuff themselves, or do you like do you find you know, or do you just do it like on a case by case basis of there's where you don't want to be, you know, and that kind of thing, like because you, you know you I can I can get yeah. I can get you know and I can get really technical with someone whenever I'm showing them how to run a rapid, but I also like to dumb stuff down because you know especially with rafting guests you know when we're if we're scouting a rapid which we do a little bit of on the Shatuga, it's like okay this is where you don't want to be that's where you want to be and and but you know you, you can get you can fall down the rabbit hole and tell them you know there's a big hole there's an undercut over there mm-hmm. there's you know there's trees right here um 
do do you see uh, situations with with female paddlers where where they want to know where everything where all the things are, or where they're like, don't tell me where all the bad shit's at. You know, don't tell me where the bad things are because I'm probably gonna look there and I'm gonna go there or, or something like that or. You know, you have to tell people where the bad things are. Yeah, well, yeah. And, I, and here's I, why. And I'm just that it, way. No, it, and it's an interesting argument that I've had over the years with people who have been like, don't tell them where the undercut is because they'll look there and they'll go there. I'm like, you know what? It is your responsibility to tell them because if they don't like the consequence of messing up and then flushing into that undercut, they should walk the rapid. Yeah. But as far as differentiating how you scout a rapid between male and female, no. You more tell a woman, turn your brain off. It's yeah. black and white. Can you visualize yourself running this rapid, number one? And number two, here's the consequences if you mess up, because you can in kayaking. Are you okay dealing with the consequences if you mess up? That's a yes or no. Mm-hmm. If you're not, walk it. Yeah. It's okay. If you're like, all right, the worst thing that'll happen is I might swim, I might hit a rock, no big deal. Great. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I am. Good. Get in your boat and let's go. But, you know, one thing I learned from slalom boaters, it was really interesting. One time when um, little Evie Leafarth was, you know, about two feet tall and eight years old, um, and she was still, like, figuring out slalom boating, her dad was coaching her at the Nantahala Falls on how to run the slalom gates there. And I had this enlightening experience because she talked through every gate as far as what she wanted to do, mm-hmm. not what would happen if she messed up or where she didn't want to be. Yeah. She never even brought up top hole. Never even, even though there was a gate right at the corner of top hole, she didn't bring it up. As, as she was like talking herself through the gate, she's like, then I'm going to go through that gate. Yeah. I'm going to do a sweep and I'm going to turn to the left and then I'm going to run the next gate, which happened to be the gate at the corner of top hole. She's like, and then I'm going to turn my boat. And I was like, that is so interesting. And I started adapting that for when I, um, when I would scout things with people. I would be like, okay, here's what happens if you mess up. Now, how are you, in a positive way, going to run this? Yeah. Forget about the negative stuff. You might mess up. You might miss the edit. You might flip. You might swim. Yeah. But just think positive. Yeah. And it really helped me... Um, you know, because in kayaking, the biggest thing is you got to keep things simple. Kayaking is a complicated sport. It's We're dealing with yeah. water. And it's how much of it is psychological? 80%. Like, yeah, 75, 80%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so you keep it simple. Yeah. And it's like, yes or no, can you close your eyes and visualize yourself running this rapid? Mm-hmm. Mm, no, I don't think. Great. Grab your boat and walk around it. It'll be there tomorrow. Yeah. Or, you know, when you look and you're like, all right, here's what will happen if you screw up. There is blank like if you mess up are you okay dealing with that well no i don't particularly want to swim well then you shouldn't run the rapids right? there you go <laughs> maybe you shouldn't kayak but. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah, yeah. so no, that, so no there i don't think there should be nor in most situations is there a differentiation between how uh how you would talk a guy through a rapid versus a girl. right yeah i just know well i mean everybody's but it's a valid psycho- question Everybody's psychology is different. You know, everybody's just got different. They're well, they're just different kind of thinkers. You yeah. know, and some people are more analytical. They want to know, 
you know, what's going to happen if I go there and what's going to happen if I go there. And some people are just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You yep. know, I got and it. that's not a male or female thing. Yeah. It's even yeah. like fear. True. Exactly. Like a lot of people want to say that women are more scared than men. But I'll tell you, I've had as, as many men, and I, I mean this as a play on words, who they on the river are as scared as a little girl running a rapid. Yeah. And um, so, like, even fear, that's not a male or female thing. It's just how we communicate it. Yeah. Women are more comfortable saying, I'm nervous, or they, they might cry because they've screwed up, instead of slam their paddle to the shore and slam their <laughs> boat and yeah. storm away. <laughs> you know, where a woman might just cry because, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, but, but it doesn't mean she was more scared. Right. And so I resent when people say that women are deal with fear more than men it's like no they yeah. don't and and that's not what i was getting at. i was just oh, saying no, like know. some people like more information than others yeah. and maybe you know maybe maybe you know women are more analytical and that like i want to know where all the things are rather than you know just a bro was like i'm just gonna barrel through it You're like ah. well you know interesting <laughs> you know? i think that's why i am so requested as a kayak instructor a lot of it is because I'm female and I'm a communicator. Yeah. Like, if you just go out to teach somebody how to kayak and you just tell them, just do this, and you don't explain why, mm-hmm. it's hard. And yeah. sometimes, with all due respect, bless your hearts, uh, a guy <laughs> is just like, just do it. Where I'm going to be like, okay, let's look at why this works and why it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And I do that with men as much as I do women. And so I have as many men request me for kayak construction is yeah. I do women. Yeah. And, and, and Ted can tell you this, um, that I'm like, listen, at some point you just got to go. You, you can't just sit there and look at it and talk about it all day long. You either got to do it or you got to walk around it and we got to keep moving downstream yeah. because yeah. We, we, there's other things we got to deal with, you know. The longer the scout, the better your chances are of swimming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Well, one, one thing that, that I heard early on, and, and it was actually in a kayaking lesson uh, from another guy, which he actually said, he said, you know, really, I try to, I mean, he meant this, I don't know, as you could take it however, but he said, I, like, I try to paddle like a girl. And he <laughs> said, because they don't fight it. Like, they're mm-hmm. not fighting the river. They're not trying to overpower the river. They're kind of loose and going, you know, they kind of go with it. And, you More know, finesse. a lot of times, yeah, and a lot of times the guys are like, I'm going to overpower the current, and yeah. I'm going to make, you know, and so I think that is an interesting, it, it, it's an interesting uh, way to look at it. Like, you know, like, okay, yeah, yeah you know, that is a tendency. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to force my way out. No. Like you're not going to overpower well, that, the river. Paddling because, and climbing—it's yeah. it, it's in both sports. It's yeah, and, like, and that's yeah. the perception that it's that it's power and it's not. Mm-hmm. It's 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 more about finesse and and about conservation of energy and strength. And that's why I've always said that, like you know, like if I got a, a raft full of guys, they're like, you know, that looks awesome. I want to do that. And the girls are like, yeah, that looks pretty neat. I'm like. You're much more of a natural than he is. Yeah. I'm like what? And I'm like because, yeah, guys want to use the upper body. You know, we want to use we want we want to use power, and just girls in general are, you know, 
lower center of gravity and and just you know it's it's a finesse. You are know, you saying that our sport. big butts are an advantage? Not a big butt at all. <laughs> it's all in the hips. It's all in the hips. There you go. Um, but you know, and 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 they're like, really? And I'm like, and the guys are like, huh? And I'm like, <laughs> they're like, look at that big dude. And I'm like, yeah, he's. I mean, you know, I. I've kayaked long enough. I can tell you somebody's got some pretty decent form. I'm like, he's an awful paddler. Yeah. You know, his 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 form is awful. But I'm like, you know, look look at this lady over here, and they're like, wow, that's that's kind of graceful. They're like, yeah. <laughs> well, and that is one of the things that works against us, especially from an instruction standpoint. Water goes downstream. You can paddle with zero technique. You can paddle your entire paddling career with no technique. You can never take professional instruction. You can only know a forward stroke, and you can still make it down hard rivers yeah. because water goes downstream. And it, it, it's definitely one of our challenges. I mean, I'll get people who are like a Koei boaters, and I'm like, so what correction strokes do you use? And they're like, uh, what's a correction stroke? I'm like, well, <laughs> how do you turn your boat? Well, I just paddle harder on one side. And they're like paddling class three, four water. And so, you know, we really have to struggle to tell people it's like Olympic-bound athletes have coaches. Why not aspire (laughs) to have better technique and be a a better boater? We've talked about a lot on here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sure I heard it. I'm sure I I listened to it. I'm sure. I'm sure. You're one one of the three, right? Three (laughs) listeners. No, we've definitely, I mean, we've definitely talked about it. But it's it's uh, you know, we we we've talked talked and talked and talked about you know these uh, you know paddling clubs and and there and and there are there are not to say there's not good paddlers or instructors in kayaking or canoeing clubs, but you know taking personal instruction, you know personalized instruction is the way to go. From I mean, a you're going to get instead of your buddy. Yeah, and from a pro instead of your buddy. I mean, you're just going to get more out of it, and you're going to excel quicker than you will if you're going to the clinic with 10 people, Yeah. Um, you know, on down here on the Finger Lake. And, you know, how many, how many, how many, you know, it's PIs that I do or instructions that I do for you guys. And I would go down there with my one, with my one client, and I'd be down there and, some other company would have like 15 people out there and they're all just like, you know, not people aren't really learning anything, you know, and, and yet maybe it piques the interest and about 30% of them, those 30% come back and maybe do more instruction or, you know, but, uh, you know, the ideal way to go is personalized instruction over an ex- extended period of time. You know, what I tell people is no less than three days, you know, to start. You know, if you've got three days, man, it's it's worth the money. You it's know. an investment in the next 20 to 30 years of your boating. Yeah, exactly. It's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. And so. you get better faster. And compared know. to, like, what you invest in the gear, it's still not a big investment to yeah. get right. lessons. You yeah. Know, so. Yeah. But, you know, the, most people, they go out and, that looks fun. I'm buying a kayak today, you know, and we've also <laughs> talked about the difference in kayaking because how many people we see nowadays, like, I'm a kayaker, and I'm like, where's your boat, you know, and, yeah. and you 
you pull up and they're or you see photos of them, you're like, where'd you buy that? You know, and they're like, Walmart. <laughs> you know, like, oh it's man. It's a pelican. It's a pelican, yeah, or you know, whatever else is out there. Sun so. dolphin. Well, and the, and the biggest thing is it's community. And the bottom line is if kayakers don't support um, their, their out, you know, the, the stores, the retail stores, if they don't support the instruction programs, it's going to go away. Is the bottom line. It's a mm. struggle these days. You know, it's a struggle to keep good people when you can barely pay them, and it's seasonal. And um, but without the retailers who will invest in new gear and in communicating what what is good gear and in investing in keeping good instructors, it's not going to be here. And so the community has to support the community, yeah. and it's really not that much money to do so. Um, and it's like you don't get online on Amazon. You, you know, the next time you're in the gorge or or wherever you are, where there's a, a small um, outfitter retailer, you go in and support them because they can barely make their margins. And yeah. when it's time for your buddy to learn how to kayak, you don't say, I'll take you for the same reason that you wouldn't say, I own a pair of pliers. I'll pull your bad tooth out. It's like, say, go and learn from these guys. And then I'd love to kayak with you. Yeah. What, and because if you don't support each other, we're not going to be here. What do you say, Ted? I mean, like we've talked about. Oh, I always say if somebody wants a golf lesson, they don't go ask for, for like, you know, hey, you know, country club. I just, you know, can you show again? Let me get out there and do this for free. You know, people are happy to pay for that stuff. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> Music lessons, too. You know, I mean, people, whatever, you know. Yeah, you it's, want to learn to play the guitar. You don't really try to learn it yourself. You yeah, you're gonna need go, a lesson. Go go through some lessons. Well, so. you can kind of YouTube it. Yeah, that's how kayak. Kayaking too. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. people are doing that with rafting. Absolutely. Now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know what? So something that's neat that that came up in. Uh, my my first you know, R1S1 clinic, probably the first one ever offered anywhere, was I, people were I'm like, <laughs> people yeah. were like, man, this is harder than it looks. You know, because they've seen my videos or other videos, and they see me running all this crazy stuff, and they're like, you know, yeah, you make it look easy. And I'm like, I've been doing it a long time. You know, and... And he, he was there, and we actually did a did an episode on it, and it was like, yeah, it ain't as easy as it looks, and, you know. That goes you, for just about everything. You yeah, know, be there, ready to no, fail. No substitute for time spent doing it, whatever yeah. it is, you know. Right, like, yeah. So you want to get good at it, spend some time doing it. Yeah. And with, with some people that know what they're doing. And then can. have fun doing it. <laughs> there is There is no better community than the paddling community and it's so cool because you can look at a group of people that get off the river and you'll have a 10 year old and a 20 year old and a 50 year old and a 70 year old and a doctor and a plumber and a student and they just spent four to six hours together having fun Mm -hmm. there is nowhere there's no other activity out there that um really brings people down to a level of just supporting each other and having a good time. And it's just, it's what makes kayaking so cool. Awesome. Well, um, we're probably at the 
towards the end of the segment. Well, but, we're uh, at the end of our beers. That's so. true. Oh, we got to hang oh, on. We yeah. got to thank uh, Juliet for picking up yeah, uh, our beer tonight. The beer up. Thank I mean, you. I tried to be creative, but it was hard to pass up Two Hearted. So. Yeah, <laughs> two, two Hearted L. This is uh, Bells yep. from Comstock. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Yep, yep. and uh, an American IPA. I, I, I have had this one time before. Th- these were great. Um, we, we, well, we have sometimes we have leftovers. <laughs> sometimes yeah, we have, there's sometimes no leftovers tonight. tonight. These are good. There's no leftovers tonight. Uh, so. Well, well, thank you so much uh, for letting us come up and talk with you. And let's uh, let's talk about some uh, upcoming. Things that are happening real oh, quick. Oh, events and whatnot yeah. on the on the calendar. Um, can you bring the the Google tubes into view? We yeah, got there the... we go. So this this weekend, um, and uh, just plug it because it's friends of mine's uh, uh, their little festival, Soul Slam Mountain Jam at the Nolichucky, and uh, the Nolichucky is still running uh, for those who aren't aware it's still running it's at a low level but it's doable level and fun and technical and uh it's uh friday through monday or you know basically friday saturday sunday and uh at usa raft and adventure resort and that's august in case somebody august 30th through the (laughs) september 1st labor day weekend yeah all right then uh what's coming up next uh juliet um, well, you've, you've got a couple of significant things in the southeast. So the Ocoee River um, will, this weekend, will be the last time that the Ocoee runs five days a week. Yeah. So after Labor Day weekend, it just goes to Saturdays and Sundays. And after next weekend, the upper isn't running anymore. Um, but um, kind of the grand finale for the um, upper Ocoee is the Ocoee... River Championships. River Championships. And that is, this is the second year it's been done. It's really cool. You know, um, taxpayers' dollars spent $30 million building a world-class whitewater whitewater course on the Upper Ocoee. And it's, there's slalom, there's raft races, it's really a ducky cool race. event. Ducky, ducky cross. races. Yeah. I just posted today yeah. about the ducky cross. Yeah. He's getting he's getting really happy. Link is participating in that. I may. It was awesome last <laughs> yes. year. I think I watched somebody do a loop over another ducky. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. And that is uh, September 13th through the 15th, if yep. we may already mention that. But yeah, it's Friday, right. Friday, Saturday, Sunday that weekend. And we're we're still hoping that maybe we do a podcast from there. Yeah, we'll yeah, maybe do a live live podcast and uh, from the event. And then um, on uh, the raft going down the river. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> uh, 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 um, uh, then the following weekend of September nineteenth through twenty. First, I think, uh, uh, basically Friday through Sunday, is uh, Golly Fest at the uh, Nicholas County Fairgrounds in Somersville, West Virginia. So what year is this Golly Fest? God, I don't know. Um, it's a fundraiser for American Whitewater. Yeah, it's one of the biggest It's the biggest thing they do. I know yeah. Endless has supported it. 
I don't. Um, are y'all going for twenty six years? Absolutely. Are you going? Absolutely. There you go. Stop, yeah. Stop we by the booth. We want to see Michael flip a raft at Pillow again. <laughs> yeah. Stop by the booth, uh, Endless River Adventures booth at uh, Golly Fest, and stop by the Rocky Mountain Rafts booth and holler at me. When does Golly um, season start? Uh, starts the weekend after Labor Day. There so, you go. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's always the weekend after Labor Day, and Golly Fest is always. The third Saturday of September. So people always mess this up and they're like, why is it so late? Why is it so early? And it's always the third Saturday of September and the corresponding Saturday in October, the third one, is always Bridge Day weekend. So that's why they they set that up that way. But um, yeah, Golly Fest would be awesome. And um, and then... uh, What's the what's the last thing on the? Uh... Well, the Upper Nantahala Cascades release, which hopefully will still be in play, uh, and I guess I think they canceled a rescheduled one that was supposed to be this weekend. It was that supposed right? to be Friday. And yeah. of course, yeah. with the uh, landslides and everything, that is uh, canceled for the moment. So hopefully, they'll have everything clear, and that's supposed to be uh, a release on September twenty eighth, twenty ninth. And I guess we'll keep you posted on here and go from there. Yeah, so. definitely. And they may have to do a reschedule. They will do a reschedule. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Hey, one thing, uh, and it's and it is a little early, but the last Kyoa release of the season is actually it's on the second Saturday in November. Yeah. November ninth. Yeah. Which usually it's the first Saturday in November. Yeah. And I just yeah, any reason why they just. Decide no. to change it up? I, I guess the fish were spawning upstream <laughs> a few days later or something. Okay, yeah. all right, cool. But so, that'll yeah. be the last one. And um, But then look for those dates in the spring. And if you have never experienced the Chioa, you want to. It's such an amazing river. And we fought, the paddling community fought so hard to get releases on it. And so it's um, it's worth it. It's so worth awesome. it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And in the spring, our rafts are 303, so it makes it easier. <laughs> Just slide right down. <laughs> slide right down and slide right off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ken Castorf gets out there and he coats them up right before the November release, <laughs> and he gets out there and he coats them right before the right before the first spring release. Yeah, he says, I'll teach those knuckleheads what real rafting That's is. That's right. <laughs> All right, All right, guys. Well... Thanks again for uh, having us up, and we appreciate you uh, talking with us. Hey, you guys, thank you very much for coming over today. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was awesome. All right, folks, we'll see you out there. See y'all downstream. Gonna get drunk and I don't care. Gonna get drunk.